0: Let's stand to our feet and worship together this morning. God that is over and above everything. Uh, I don't know, have you guys been visiting the brand new Sandler Fields website and checking out all of those uh, articles? It's awesome if you haven't. I definitely want to encourage you to check it out, just being able to hear different things that God's laying on all the different pastors' hearts. And I shared this week uh, just a simple book list, just four books of, you know, that I've read lately that have really just impacted me that I thought you guys might like to to hear one of those, it's called Through the Eyes of a Lion, and it's all about just finding God in the midst of our darkest um, situations, and, you know, so I just put that on there because I was thinking, hey, it's spring, it's a happy time for a lot of people, but a lot of people are still struggling with with stuff, and what I didn't realize is then later on in the week, you know, I get a phone call that my cousin had passed away, and so he Leaves behind a fourteen-year-old son and just a family that is just mourning his loss. And but you know, as we begin to in those moments, man, like, how has this happened? How could even something even good come from this, God? But then, just so quickly reminded of the cross and just being able to look at that situation and say, how could something good come from this? But yet it did. And it led to our salvation and our hope. And and so I just want to encourage anyone this morning, that there is hope. You know, that's what this series is all about, and Pastor is going to talk about that a little more this morning, but there's so many different things that we can put our hope and we can put our trust in to try to find joy, to try to find comfort, to try to find peace, but there's only one hope that no matter what happens around us, we'll always find a firm foundation, and that's the cornerstone, that's Jesus, and so I just want to encourage you as we worship this morning, let's just not let these be words that we just sing or or music that we just listen to let's engage our hearts let's engage our minds and and we do that by truly connecting with what the words are saying by truly aligning our our heart and our posture saying god i just want to look at you i just want to honor you with with my heart with my thoughts just fix my eyes on you and so let's do that this morning let's just seek god's heart and let's just truly worship him the way that he deserves as we sing these words not just singing them but truly direct them to our heavenly father
1: no matter what we're facing no matter what we're going through that you provide hope above anything else God remind us of that today Lord I ask you to to fill Pastor Kay with your Holy Spirit today as she brings your word to us as she shares what it means to trust in you Lord above anything that we've experienced or anything that we feel to know that you are the Lord of lords and the king of kings. God, speak to us today that you would open our hearts, open our minds to just receive what you will have to say to us. And Lord, we just ask your presence among us today, whether we're here or online or in the cafe, that we would know you more. Lord, we pray all these things in your precious name, Jesus Christ, amen y'all can take a seat. Well, happy Sunday. Welcome to Salem Fields. We are so glad you're here with us. Um, Those of you that are worshiping online, we're especially glad that you're here with us too, even despite the weather that we've had. And I would make the joke, um, may the 5th be with you. That doesn't seem to sound as right as may the 4th be with you, as I said last night. But um, welcome. We're so glad you're here. If this is your first time with us, We're especially glad that you've chosen to worship with us today. There is a special table for you that's out in the lobby for guests and visitors, for those of you that are first timers here. Um, we wanna get to connect with you. We have a special free gift. So if you'd like to visit with us um, just after the service in the lobby, we have a special little gift. We just wanna be able to connect with you so that uh, you can connect with the church and also connect with God here at Salem Fields. And also in a couple minutes, we're gonna be collecting our tithes and offerings. Know that at Salem Fields, we believe in a spirit of generosity. And also if it's your first time with us, don't feel compelled to give. No. That you are your presence here is a gift to us. But there's a number of ways that you can give. We're gonna pass around buckets buckets in just a couple of minutes, but also. Um, you can also give by cash or check or also online, and then we have kiosks that are over in the lobby that you can also um, give in as, as you so feel led. And know that that giving is, is a spirit of generosity that we have, because God's given us so much, wouldn't you agree with that? God's given us so much that we can give a portion back to him that we, he has blessed us with. And so we're really glad that you're here with us today. We have a lot of great stuff that's coming up, and Rich is going to share a little bit of that.
0: Mother's Day is next weekend, so we want to celebrate and honor all you mothers, and so we're going to have pictures, we're going to have a a special gift for all the moms, and so we want to encourage you, uh, bring your mom to service, or invite your neighbors and your friends, or just anyone that's in your life that is a mom, because we love to celebrate and honor moms here at Salem Fields, because they truly are such a gift, and so I want to encourage you to do that, it's going to again next weekend, uh, all three services, And so definitely want to check that out. And so Pastor Gay continues our new series, Choosing Hope. Uh, She has a great word for us this morning. Uh, So as those buckets pass by, why don't you stand with us as we continue to worship. And let's just really start to just uh, focus our hearts in on what God wants to speak to us here about this morning.
2: God and you are not hopeless. Though you have been broken, your innocence. So- covered over and over, you're not defenseless, I'll be your shelter, I'll be your armor,
3: impressed at everyone that didn't roll over and say, I'm just going to watch online today, but that's okay if you are, right? (laughs) It's great if you are, but uh, this morning I said, oh man, wouldn't it feel good to just roll over and you guys didn't. And so while we have a lot of empty chairs here, at the same time, the spirit of the Lord is exactly the same as if we had 5,000 people here, right? So we're all in this thing together. And uh, last week, as Rich said, Buddy opened our, our new series called Choosing Hope. And you know that song? Uh, it always touches my soul because, you know, there is so much hopelessness in our world today. And uh, even, even last night, I mean, there have been uh, many stories just in the last 24 hours that have been situations where people have put in been put in dark circumstances. Um, Chris has a friend that was in the helicopter crash. I don't know if you heard about that, but over in Chesapeake, a helicopter went down and a young man that has two young sons uh, was in that helicopter and they found their bodies today. And so that mom and grandma and their the grandmother has just lost her, her husband. They were missionaries in Turkey. So, so the, the devastation that's happening in their life, but what I know with this family is that they have an anchor that no matter what's going on in their life, they can hang on to the only thing that will never disappoint or let them down, and that's Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, our anchor. And when those tough times come, we have to have something in our life that's not gonna throw us to one side or the other. I know Rich was talking about his cousin and and the devastation there and the 14-year-old young man, and I know what it's like to lose Uh, a parent when you're very young just spoke with my nephew last night and my sister his mother died when he was seven years old and he's feeling the ravages of that so everywhere we go we can hear stories of people that are going through dark times and probably here this morning there are people that right now you're in a situation that you say I don't know what I'm gonna do I don't know where to turn but the the good news is that in all in the middle of that darkness, the darkness will never go away. There will always be things that come up in our life that we have to deal with. But the answer to that, the answer is to prepare today to have the kind of hope that when those times come that you won't be rocked from one side to another, that you will have an anchor that will hold you in the, in the midst of those times. You know, we're an anxiety-ridden society. Uh, just anxiety, anxiety. You know what anxiety is? It's, it's fear of the future. It's fear of the unknown. It's the uncertainty that we have in our life that we fear what's going to happen. We don't have to live that way. We just don't have to live that way. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Last week, Buddy talked to us about um, uh, having hope when we can't see it. And and he talked to us about how we're usually people that have to see it before we believe it. But in the spiritual realm, it doesn't work that way. We have to believe before we'll see. We have to have faith before we'll sense God's presence. And so we have to actively reach out and to put our faith in the unknown and to learn to know who Jesus is so that we can, he can be certain. And that's what he talked to us about. We need certainty in our life. And there is only one place to find certainty, and that's in Jesus Christ. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We are also going to talk about that darkness because quite. Quite frankly, the darkness will never go away. We live in a world that is, is getting darker and darker. I mean, there's political madness, there is people going haywire, and you know what? That's never gonna change. As much as we point our finger at that, and as much as we want that to go away, that is never gonna change. And so we have to embrace, it. as long as we live in this world, there will be darkness. Now, how are we gonna respond to that darkness? How are we gonna, are we gonna keep fighting and keep wanting it to go away? If we do, we're fighting a losing battle. But if we understand that right in the middle of that darkness, we can have light. We can be a light. And that's really what hope is all about. This is such a hopeful message. So we're going to start off and I want to remind you that the notes are in your app. So if you're online, you can go to your app and go to the message notes. There's a little button up there and you can you can write. I, I always like that. You've got your notes in in the program as well. You may not even be a, a person that even wants to deal with that and that's okay. But I, I just wanted to remind you of that. But we're going to start off this morning because we're going to talk about how to have hope when you cannot feel it. Now so many people say, yeah, I just can't feel it. I can't feel God's presence. I pray, and it's like, "Ah, I'm just praying to the ceiling. I just can't feel it. And you know, I I work every day, and it's like, I I don't feel close to God. And so much of how we live and how we determine the path that we take is based on our feelings. And so we're going to talk today, just start out this morning, about whether you are a thinker or a feeler. Now, I've gotten lots of personality tests, and you've probably gone to BuzzFeed and done those little personality tests. And, and I can tell you that it will always come back the same because God created you and put you together, knit you together in your mother's womb with a purpose and a plan for your life. And as much as you'd like to be something else, he created you with a couple of special specific things and one thing is that your natural preference in how you make decisions is either with your head or with your heart now the world is divided into 50-50 we're either thinkers or we're feelers now how many people here know if you're a thinker anybody any thinkers here all right yeah you already know how many feelers I (laughs) I think I'm a feeler but here's what I know Thinkers and feelers marry each other, and then they drive each other insane. It's what attracts us to the other person, but then it's what drives us crazy. And so here's how you can know, for those of you that didn't raise your hand, here's how you can know if you're a thinker or a feeler. Just a couple of little things that you can kind of measure yourself by. A thinker makes decisions with their head, logic. It's, it's just kind of what makes sense. Uh, They love the world of thought. They explore new intellectual possibilities and always learning, just love that whole learning thing. They tend to be task-oriented. They love projects. And their projects, uh, they love to see a finished product. A plus B always equals C, and it feels so good. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I know, you thinkers. I is one. Okay, uh, but, but thinkers may be seen as kind of uncaring. They don't have a heart. They uh, are kind of indifferent. And they really have a low tolerance for those people that just can't think a little better. A little better, Jen? <laughs> I know. We know, we know ourselves. Um Now, here's the feeler. They just say, well, I just feel it in my gut. I just know this is the right thing because I just feel, stacy. it's so much fun to watch people when I do this. Um, and, and I've been doing this for probably 25 years and it always comes back to these, the thinker and the feeler are the two people are the two kinds of personalities that you can always pretty much know and see and work how it works out in relationships. They're on a mission to help those in need. They're so empathic that they're always seeing what other people need and they're running to fulfill that need. And it's more important for them to be tactful than to, now, thinkers like just, they like to be honest. They like just to get it out on the table. But a feeler will say, no, they're a little more indirect. And they like to be tactful, right, feelers? Instead of the hard, cold truth. So when that thinker that you're married to gives you the hard, cold truth, that doesn't feel very good at all. And then we get in conflict and then it goes down the tubes. And A plus B does not always equal C there's always more extenuating uh, factors there, but the the feeler can be seen as indecisive, they get accused of this too, idealistic, mushy, because they're always following their heart over their mind, just think a little more, is what the thinker will say. (laughs) So Buddy and I, uh, generally men, there's 75% that tend to be men thinkers, but there's 25% that are feelers and then there's the reverse for women and men so did you follow that so buddy and I what what do you think I am I told you and uh, what do you think buddy is yeah Yeah, because you know a lot of times men will come to me and they'll say you know I really like when you preach because it really makes me think and uh, then people go to buddy and they'll say you know he just lays his heart right out there for you right and I'm going well I have a heart too (laughs) <laughs> so you have to remember, thinkers are not void of feelings. It's just the way that we express them. We tend not to express them on our sleeve, but I can tell you that thinkers are deep, deep feelers. And feelers really can think. They really can think through things. It's just the way that we process our and how we make our our decisions and the reason I get into that this morning is because it's very very relevant in how in how we do hope because this message is about having hope when I don't feel it because we humans connect our hope with how we think and how we feel now feelings Here's the purpose of feelings. God designed them. He wants us to have them. He gave them to us for colorful interaction in our life, but he did not give them to us to tell us whether or not we have hope. He gave those feelings to us to tell us what our need is. Okay, let's, uh, first of all, the first point is hope, I am going to tell you what hope is not okay it is not a feeling it's not a feeling God designed our feelings to tell us what we need okay now follow me here because it'll be a great little formula for you to learn to know yourself better and to determine whether or not you're allowing your feelings to determine your your um, hope if I feel hopeless what do I need hope if I feel abandoned what do I need I need connection if I feel ashamed what do I need I need to get that out and speak it I need healing if I feel um, lonely what do I need I need comfort if I feel depressed I need hope so are you following me If you can identify that feeling you have, God gave that to you so that you would be able to know what you need. And then your thoughts follow your feelings. Your thoughts are where you get to choose what you're gonna do with those feelings and how you're gonna meet that need. Now, this is where we get sidetracked because many, many people have those feelings and they meet that need in an illegitimate way. They meet that need by doing something that's not productive or um, healthy. And we have free will. We can choose to do whatever we want with how we feel. But we need to think this through and say, okay, how am I trying to get this legitimate need that I have fulfilled? Well, what we generally do is we want someone else to fulfill it in us. Or we uh, will um, will if if we're in a bad marriage and we don't like that we decide well I just need to get out of this one and get another person. So the way that we answer our need is our thought, and that's where God allows us to make our choices. We can choose anything that we want, and therein lies the dilemma of our hope because whatever path we choose to take will determine where we place our hope. Now, I don't know if you follow Jeopardy, anybody watching that uh, crazy guy, oh my goodness. That just, I can't wait to see it each time he's on there, but uh, Alex Trebek, you know he has stage four pancreatic uh, cancer, and he just had an interview this past week, and he said, he said, now my oncologist tells me that I'm doing well. But he said, I don't feel like I am and I sink into deep sadness on a regular basis. You see, Alex Trebek's hope is in something that goes up and down and up and down based on his circumstances and he's not even believing the truth because he's believing his feelings and he sinks into sadness when his oncologist is telling him the truth. He's telling him, you're doing very well and so when we base our hope on our feelings our circumstances will determine the path that we take on our hope and it doesn't need to be that way hope the second thing is hope is not logical thinking and I talked about what our thoughts are. Our thoughts are the way that we get our solutions to how we're gonna meet these needs that our feelings are telling us that we have. But logic, logic seems so good, logical thinking, because we choose something that just makes sense. We choose something that seems right. Like, um, if I'm losing hope in how much money I have, I'm gonna put my hope in if I just work harder, if I just make more money, then I'm gonna feel better and then I'm gonna have more hope. It's what we do. We find logical solutions to give ourselves hope. Are you guys following me? Because this is really, really important. It's what all of us deal with internally. Logic does that. But you see, logic makes sense, but it doesn't always lead us to the best choices. Hope is not found in things that we can lose or that are temporal. You know what temporal is? It's kind of a a biblical word, I think. Not really, but in some ways it is because temporal means that it will die. Anything will rust and it will pass away. And everything on this earth, even our bodies, will pass away, it'll rust, it'll turn to dust. And if we put our hope in anything that's temporal, then when it passes away, when there's a loss, when we don't have it anymore, we will have no hope anymore. And so it's why it's so relevant to determine, am I basing my hope on how I feel? Am I basing my hope on the solutions that I've come up with to give me more hope? And you know, through this message I, I discovered, you know, I've put a, I'm a thinker, and I, I've put a lot of hope in just persevering and just waiting and, and just doing the right things and working harder. And I can look back over my life, and even though I've had faith in Jesus Christ, I can see how I've put a lot of hope and trust in my own ability, We do that because we humans are just wired that way unless we find the third way. It's not our feelings, it's not our thinking, but it's God's word. What does God's word say? And am I believing that? The CDC says that suicide is a leading cause of death in the US and we know that, we've heard that. But what has happened to a person that has committed suicide? They lost hope. Because they placed their hope in temporal things. They placed their hope in the wrong places. They didn't have a hope that when circumstances got really bad and they felt trapped and they felt like there was no no way out, they, they didn't have the hope that would sustain them through the darkness. And so the darkness overtakes them. It's a person that feels hopeless. And follow me here, a logical thought to that person will respond to the feeling, the hopelessness, and not having hope and the need for hope by thinking that taking their own life is a good solution. That's how twisted, logical thinking can get us. I just spoke with someone last night that said to me, I think maybe there's a point in taking my own life because logical thinking can get us to a place that will think that our solutions, our human solutions are good because we're putting our faith and our trust in the wrong place. And so this is what this is all about. This is why we come to church. This is why Buddy and I do what we do. This is why the pastors are called to do what they do here. This is why Salem Fields Community Church exists, to share real hope, to know Jesus, and to share real hope to anyone everywhere. And there's a scripture that we have that said, the Bible says this, it says, we have this hope and anchor for our soul that's firm and secure and that means when the darkness comes and when circumstances are bad and when you lose someone that you love that you can still thrive and you can still prosper and you will cry and you will hurt and those feelings will never go away but you can make it through that storm and you can have hope and be a light in the middle the darkness now we're going to look at an Old Testament scripture it's an Old Testament book that's very 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 dark Jeremiah Jeremiah was a prophet of God and what a prophet of God was he was the voice of God for that day God would speak to the prophets and then the prophets would speak to the people And so Jeremiah, they called him the weeping prophet, because he saw the condition of the people, and it was dark, and they were so godless and far away from God. So this chapter, this this book is a very, very dark book. And the chapter is the chapter 29 is a very, very dark chapter, but right in the middle of the darkness of of this society, and right in the darkness. of of the circumstances of these people, there's a bright light. Jeremiah comes along and he gives light and he gives hope when he says this. He says, for I know the plans I have for you. Now this is probably familiar to you. You've probably heard this verse many, many times, but many times we interpret this verse that will only make us feel better instead of really what Jeremiah meant. So stick with me here. He said, for I know I have, God says this, uh, uh, Jeremiah was telling them, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, every one of us can say, yeah, 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 that's, that's awesome, God has a plan for me and he has hope but wait a minute wait a minute there's more to it and we need to understand what Jeremiah and what God really was saying here at the first glance this verse seems that it's really good and we assume that God has this plan that's just going to make my life better that I won't have hard times anymore that um, I'll feel better Because I'll be happier once he removes this hurt and once he takes care of that person that has hurt me. This is how we approach this verse. Yeah, he's got a plan for me. But wait a minute. That's not God's promise here. Our hope doesn't come from feeling better, it doesn't come from escaping loss. It doesn't come that there won't ever be any more injustice in your life. You will experience injustice. You will experience loss. Aren't you glad you came to church today? <laughs> doesn't sound like good news, does it? But this is very, very good news. Because those things will happen. Know it, embrace it. Jeremiah is saying that. Because if, if God took away those things, we wouldn't be able to love. Because, quite honestly, when you love, you get hurt, right? And that's why we distance ourselves from people because we say, I'm never going to let myself get hurt like that again. So we build walls around ourselves. But if we're ever vulnerable enough to really want love, we're going to have to embrace that hurt comes along with it. It just does. And so God doesn't come and take all of the hurt and the pain and the darkness away. We pray for that, don't we? That wasn't how it was for the Israelites that Jeremiah was speaking to here. And it's not the promise that God has for us today. The promise, here's the promise for each one of us. The promise is that we would thrive to be a light and to have light in the middle of all the darkness. That we would be the light, that we would see the light, that we would have the light even though everything around us and all of our circumstances tell us something completely different. We don't feel like it's hopeful. We don't think that we can come up with any solution that's gonna make this thing better. But the hope is that we either believe our feelings, we believe our thinking, and we get to choose, or we believe God's word. Ooh, do you hear that? Better get the ark out. (laughs) He's speaking to us. So along comes this false prophet to the children. They have been taken into captivity in Babylon. Now Babylon is a very secular, it's a very godless society. Uh, It reminded me of, I don't know if you saw that plane that went into the water. Uh, I don't know if you guys watch the news or not, but I get just enough snippets to know what's going on out there. And they interviewed a guy and everybody was saying this plane, I can't remember where it was, but it slid into the water. Uh, People were saved. I think pets pets were lost, but this man came on and and people were saying, this is a miracle. It's a miracle that nobody was, was hurt or harmed. And they interviewed this one guy that said, I don't believe in miracles. I'm a secular kind of guy. I do not believe in miracles. And that's the kind of society that God put his chosen people into. They did not believe in God. They did not have the values. They were very dark. They were doing all kinds of orgies. It was no different than our society is today. I mean we criticize the darkness and we criticize what's going on out there, but it's no different than it's ever been. People are people, and this is how societies go. But they were taken into captivity and they felt hopeless. They felt, God, what are you doing to us? So here comes a false prophet along. If you want to know his name is Hananiah, and he comes along and he tells them what they want to hear. They're going, he's saying, You know what, in two years God's gonna get you out of this. And they're like, Oh, Thank you God, we're gonna get out of this pain and suffering, you're gonna remove us. But this was a false prophet. Spoiler alert, that did not happen. They did not get out in two years. And the people, so so the people had a choice. Are we gonna believe what we wanna hear? Are we gonna believe what we want? Are we gonna believe, it? but Jeremiah comes along and he says no, 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 no. That, that's, he, he confronted this deception and he tells them what they don't want to hear. And oftentimes we go to God's word, we read some things that we really don't want to hear, don't we? And that's what he allows us to have. But here's what Jeremiah told them. He said, no, seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. I did this to you guys. You're in captivity. You don't like it. It looks hopeless. But he says, God says to them, seek the peace and prosperity of this city. And he says, pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you'll prosper too. That's where that prosperity in the future comes. They're saying, wait a minute. That's not what we wanted and then God ramps it up and he says you're not even gonna be out of here for 70 years. So that means that that generation that's there, they're never gonna escape that captivity. That's not what they wanted to hear. That wasn't working out because they wanted to go home. That's what they wanted God's plan to be. What do you want your plan to be from God? Don't we kind of create our own little plans We do. We come up with this is how I want you to do it for me, God. The Israelites wanted to go home. And they even had someone telling them that they were going to get to go home. So, do you think they, who do you think they followed? The false prophet or the one that was telling them what they didn't want to hear? They wanted for their suffering to end. We do, don't we? Don't we go to the Lord and we say, oh God, could you please just lighten this load for me? Could you just please take this away? Could you just please work in that person's life so they don't treat me this way? Isn't that how we approach God? We're the same as the Israelites. We want it to work out so that we don't have to feel that pain. But God's plan was for them to stay. God's plan was for them to prosper right where they were in the circumstances that they had and to not put their hope in their circumstances changing. But wherever they were, whatever situation that you're in, God says to us, you grow where you're planted. Stop praying away these difficult things in your life. Just like a blacksmith will put metal into the fire to fashion it into whatever he's making. That's exactly what God does in our life. He puts us into the fire so that we will be refined as pure gold. The dross comes up and you scoop it off and you become purer and pure. but you have to go through that heat You have to go through the fire. God does not want to take that fire away from our lives. He is not going to remove the darkness. But he says we can have hope, this hope. We can have an anchor in the midst of all of that. Focus on that. I know it doesn't feel good. I know it doesn't look good. It doesn't seem good. Things don't look good. But my word says you have hope in the midst of the storm. What is that circumstance that you're going through right now that you're trying to pray away and God's saying, I want you to be a light in the middle of that. I want you to be a light. God let them choose. God let them choose who they were gonna follow. The false prophet, the one that was telling them what they wanted to hear and tickle their ears and put hope in the fact that it was gonna work out the way they wanted or Jeremiah saying, here's what God says. You get to choose. You can continue to make your own solutions to get out of here. You can continue to be led by your feelings and feel bad and whine and complain about that or you can put your faith and your trust in the truth. And we all still have that choice, don't we? We have free will. God loves us so much that he doesn't make us a puppet. He lets us choose whatever we choose to believe in. We get that choice. You see, God's plan, well, the scripture, I love this scripture, I don't want to skip over it. In Isaiah, it clearly says, my ways, God says, my ways are not your ways. Don't try to figure me out. And my thoughts are not your thoughts, so don't try to figure me out. Just believe me and just trust me And just know that my word is true and put your faith and trust and it's going to hurt. Yes, it is. You see, God's plan didn't feel good. God's plan was not logical, yet God promised them hope. No different for us today. They had a choice. Who would they believe? Who will you believe? You know, we get to a point where we say, I just don't feel God's presence. Was that true? That's how you feel, but God's word said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You get to choose. Are you gonna go with your feelings? Are you gonna try to get yourself out of that situation? Or are you gonna believe, you know what? God's presence is here with me right now, whether I feel him or not. The Holy Spirit is not a feeling. The Holy Spirit is not a thought. The Holy Spirit is the person of Jesus Christ in his spirit dwelling within us and moving among us so that we have the ability to put our faith and trust in him so that when those circumstances and those tough times hit, we have an anchor for our soul that's firm and secure. See, whether the children of Israel, whether you and I believe God or not and accept this plan and his form of prosperity and future, he still has it for us whether we accept it or not. And we get to choose whether we feel hopeful or not. See, they wanted to go home. They wanted suffering, suffering to end, but God ramped it up, and it's still true for us today. Tony Evans tells this story, and I related to it, because we've traveled to Nigeria. And when you travel to Nigeria and you're in hotels, it'll go black because uh, the, they, they're without power. Our pastors in Port Harcourt can go without power sometimes for months. It's a blackout, and uh, we've, been, we've been in hotels where it blacked out, and then the lights would come on, and Tony Evans tells this story, <coughs> I love him, he, was, they, he and his wife were in LaGuardia Airport, now Buddy and I were just there, and you always want to avoid JFK or LaGuardia or whatever, but he was in LaGuardia, and everything shut down. Couldn't, get, couldn't do anything. And he said, what's going on? Well, he was in the 2003 blackout in New York City. I don't know if you remember that, but everything came down from Canada and everything blacked out. Can you imagine being in New York City in a stairwell? In, in total blackout. Well, that's what happened to him. And, and the, he said the situation was desperate. And he called his assistant and said there was one room in the whole city. Everybody was in the same situation. One room. And it was at the Crown Plaza. And so he and his wife got a taxi in the middle of the darkness. and they went to the hotel and they had to register by hand. Can you imagine if you had no electricity and you couldn't do anything or get around, especially New York City? And he said <clears throat> they got their room and, and they went up the, the with a flashlight up to their room. It was completely dark. And uh, actually, I've been in those dark stairwells in New York City, and it's pretty frightening. And so they get up in there, there's no air conditioning, and, and his wife, it's sticky and it's hot, and his wife goes to the window, and so she wants to get a little air, and she puts the window up, and right across the street is the Marriott that is completely lit up. <laughs> and they said, What? What is going on here? Why are we here? And that's over there. And so they went down, down, took their flashlight, they went down the stairwell, and they made their way over. And they could hear music playing in the hotel. The people were sitting out, and they were eating dinner. And they were just having a good old time right in the middle of this blackout. And Tony Evans says that he asked the guy there, he said, how, how is this happening? Everything is dark, but you're all lit up. And the guy there, the manager said, well, <laughs> it's pretty simple. We had a plan for the future if we ever had any power outages go out. We got a gas generator. And so we knew that we had the potential of having a blackout. And there was a plan. And our future is now and everybody is put out and everything is dark and the circumstances are not good here but you know what we can prosper and we can thrive right in the middle of it because we're light to quote him he said we have power on the inside that's not controlled by the circumstances on the outside We have power on the inside that is not controlled by the darkness, by our feelings, by our thoughts on the inside. And he said, Something within is overriding that which is without. You get it? Right in the middle of all of that. See, God does not remove the darkness, it's everywhere. Life is hard. You know, people say to me, it's so hard. And, and I say, do you expect anything else? Circumstances are tough. People are difficult. Marriages are hard to make work. We have children that are wayward. We don't, we, and we try to come up with the solutions. People are confused. There's political madness no matter what your situation. We can have this hope. What is this hope? Jesus. Jesus, our anchor for our soul. I've had to practice that this week because my natural tendency is to come up with all kinds of ways that I can make myself feel better. And I've had to allow myself just not to feel so good and look at these situations that are very heartbreaking and know I have an anchor no matter what happens. Can I tell you how much anxiety that relieves in your heart, in your life, in your mind? I wish the church of Jesus Christ, the body of believers who say that they believe in Jesus, would be shining that light and not just becoming like everyone else that's anxiety ridden. Because we have an anchor, we have a hope that will allow us to be a light in the middle of our difficult circumstances. Watch this.
4: God does some of his best work when you are asleep. That is, in the dark. He does his best work when you don't think he's doing the thing. He's behind the scenes, working it out. I have a plan, and it's a good one. Maybe you should have gotten it earlier in your life. Maybe you should have. Maybe if you hadn't done this or done that or gone here or gone there, then maybe you would have gotten it early. Maybe if you would have gotten saved earlier, you would have known me earlier, you would have had the plan. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe if you hadn't, married out of my will or if you hadn't traveled out of my will or you hadn't been in rebellion maybe you would have gotten it early and i know you wish you could turn back the hands of time and make it happen all over again and i know you feel like you've been in this thing too long and i know you don't know how much longer it's going to take to get out of it but still with all your questions i have a plan for you and i know what it is and it's a good one And it will give you a future and it will give you a hope. You don't know which way to go? Seek Him. You're in pain? Seek Him. You're confused? Seek Him. You're tired of waiting? Seek Him. If you come and ask me, I'm going to send you back to Him because He has not told me His plan. (laughs) A lot of us have a picture but we can't see a plan. So we wonder whether it's going to produce anything. God says, I have the plan. 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ put up the payment for the plan. And he who has begun a good work in you shall continue it until the day of redemption. What God starts, God finishes. What God begins, God ends. What God initiates, God completes, but you say, I'm in a mess. You don't know my mess. You don't know my God. And if you forget the sermon, remember the verse. I have a plan for you. Not for calamity or bad, but for good. And it involves your future. it's
3: That was Tony Evans, I love how he says that. We have a choice. We have a choice in where we're going to look for our hope. And we always look for hope in the place that we put our faith and trust. And is that in your life something that will pass away, something that you can lose, something temporal? I'm constantly having to course correct my mind and my heart to say I don't follow that, I follow God's word. I've chosen to do that. And people will say well what's the plan I had the, the person that I spoke to last night said, what do I do, what do I do? And I said, I cannot tell you that you have to seek him. See, Jeremiah 29, uh, 12 is often neglected, and it says this, it, it says, I will listen to you, and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Not just when you get up in the morning. Not just when you uh, go to bed at night. Not just when you're laying there and your mind is racing. But you seek him passionately. And you search for his truth. And you ask him, what do you have for my life? What is your plan for my life? And, and you continually develop that relationship with him. And he promises, he promises, you will find him. You will hear from him. And you will have a hope that no matter what comes along in your life, you will shine that light oh, if we could be that people. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. But in everything, in all of your ways, acknowledge Him, even though you don't want to hear it. Even though it doesn't feel good, even though it doesn't seem right, when we place our faith and our trust in God's word and in Jesus Christ, we will know him. We will know his plan for our life. If you come to me and ask me, just as he said, I'm going to send you back to him. Because it clearly says this is the way that we find it. Now, I thought, you know, we walk out of here on a Sunday morning and we forget. We forget. And we fall right back into our old habits of not feeling or making up our own solutions. And so I made, had Rich make you a little card. It's in your program right there, pulled out. Put it in your back pocket. And when you forget, pull this little card out because it's your hope. It's your anchor. It says, I have a plan for you. And if you seek me, you will find me. It's an individual thing. Nobody else can tell you how to do it. Nobody else can tell you what it is. But they can tell you that it's an anchor for your soul that will keep you safe and secure and will keep the lights on when all the darkness seems to surround you. The other day I went to Starbucks. It's very unusual for me because usually if I get a coffee, I just go through the drive through But this day there weren't many people in the office and and uh, I thought, well, yeah, I'll just go over there. I, when Buddy's out, he's at the golf trip, and when he's gone and uh, the rest of my family's out of town, you know, I, I don't eat. <laughs> and so I had to be very intentional, and so I said, I love that protein box at uh, Starbucks, so I'll go get that. That's healthy, right? It's got grapes and cheese and that whole thing. So I sat down at Starbucks, and I had it all out there. I was playing a little word on my phone, and this couple came. I didn't even pay attention to who they were and when I looked up, it was this couple that has been attending Salem Fields for 17 years and I haven't had probably two conversations with them. We just passed, and she said to me, she said, oh my goodness, I am so shy when I'm at the church. I would never come to you and talk to you because I've hugged them and I've said good morning like we do, right? And uh, she said, I would never come to you and talk to you at the church, but she just started talking like crazy. And and I thought, what is the deal? I guess it's Starbucks somehow has that magical place that you can just kind of open up. And so she started telling me, she said, you know, we, when I first came to Salem Fields oh this was it was crazy because she just couldn't stop she said when I first came to Salem Fields I was in such darkness she said I would walk in and I wouldn't talk to anybody I still don't talk to, to people because I'm so shy and I walked in and I was just in darkness and she said I was scared to death to read Revelation I stayed away from that book it's the last book you know Revelation in the Bible is about the things to come And she had a fear of the future and a fear of the things to come. She said, I never read Revelations. She said, I stayed away from it, but she said, I kept coming, and I kept coming. And I heard about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I listened to you, and I listened to Buddy. And I began to incorporate those things into my life. And I began to develop that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And as she was telling me that story, I could just see the lights were just on. And she said, I'm still really shy when I come in to Salem Fields, and I probably always will be, but she sure wasn't shy right there. And she continued to talk, and the lights were on, and she said, you know what happened to her? She found the certainty of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And it brought her out of the darkness and turned the lights on. And she said, I still have struggles. I still have things in my life that are difficult. But she said, I read Revelation and it did not scare me one bit. (laughs) And for her, that was huge. Because I could see that this woman does not struggle with anxiety. She said, my anxiety is gone. Because I know my future is in him. Do you know how beautiful that woman looked to me? I, I, it was just beautiful, and her husband was going. (laughs) You know, like that's how it works. (laughs) I'm telling you, it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. We have an anchor for our soul, and it is this hope. What is this hope? Jesus Christ. And he will carry us through. He is certain. He is eternal. He will never disappoint. He will never let us down. This is an individual thing, and it's your choice. Do you want to follow the path that will lead you there, there, or there? We all have a choice. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word, first of all. It's like a sword. It pierces our heart, but yet, Lord, it infuses such beauty and grace and hope. And I just pray, Lord, for anyone here this morning that has found themselves in a place that they feel hopeless and we all get there. Every single one of us have been in that place. We've all felt trapped we've all tried to find ways to get out i know i have we've felt just like the israelites felt in captivity to whatever it might be in our life and the darkness has just seemed to overtake but god your word comes through your light comes through your hope comes through thank you for your word god Thank you for giving us feelings to add color to our life. Thank you for giving us the ability to think and have thoughts so that we can uh, operate in this world. But Father, help us not to look to those for our hope, but to your, your word. So this morning, if there's someone here that finds yourself in that place, your circumstances seem to be choking you out and you feel hopeless, and you feel you're in captivity, you feel trapped, and you want to commit to remember to look to God's word, his plan, and his purpose, and his future for your life, would you just raise your hand so that I can lift us all up in a Thank you. If you find yourself in that hopeless place, in captivity, you don't know how to get out. Is there anyone else? Yes. Thank you, yes, thank you for being so brave to say that's me. Because you know when you surrender and when you submit and when you allow yourself to be vulnerable, that's when the precious Holy Spirit comes in and begins to do a work in you that you won't even believe. It'll be so incredible. Not right away, but it means walking with him and practicing a new way of keeping your eyes focused on your anchor father for those that raised their hands stepped out in that way to say i need hope may they each one remember that you are our hope that hope always abounds for the person who puts their faith and trust in jesus christ and may we be the people that walk into a very dark world And shine a light. And others ask, how do you have that light on in the middle of all of that? And we're ready to give an answer that says, it's because of Jesus. It's because of my anchor. I have hope. But more than that, I choose hope. Father, thank you so much for each person here. For those online. For those that raised their hands, Lord. And maybe some in their hearts raise their hands. Would you just surround them with your love, your presence? And though it's not a feeling, you can give each one of us a sense of your presence. That we know, that we know, that we know that we are in your presence. We love you, Father, and I thank you for the word. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's stand together. Let's worship. We'll be right back. back. of here with a smile on our face can't we a light in the middle of all the darkness see here it comes here it comes (laughs) you are the light of the world that Jesus lives in you our hope is an anchor this hope is an anchor for our soul firm and secure what is hope tell me Jesus is hope. Not Jesus is our hope. Jesus is hope. Hope is Jesus. Jesus is Love you guys. Go be a light.